0: This is Les Strong, and you're listening to the Fulham Focus
1: Podcast. Hello, yes, it's the start of another massive week of the season for Fulham, A second meets third at Craven Cottage on Saturday at lunchtime. We've won three matches in a row since the last international break, but will we pass this test against our fellow promotion hopefuls? Joining me to look ahead to the game are Matt Dom and Will Oakley, who, having moved to Bournemouth for university, popped in to see how Scott Parker's getting on last weekend. My name is Matt Poinclair, and this is your Fulham Focus Podcast. Fulham. Right, Will. How did that go at
2: Bournemouth last weekend for you? How was Scotty? Yeah, they look good, to be honest with you. as much as I hate to say it. I mean, Solanke looks like the player he wanted, Mitchell be, maybe. He's a bit more mobile than Mitrovic, but he did miss a few chances, but he looks good. Uh, I mean, they, they still play quite similar to how Fulham played, I thought, uh, towards the end of the first half. I was like, oh, how long has this got left? But second half was was good, and... I, to be honest, it was more Huddersfield for me. Like every single time I've watched, well, I've watched them twice this season, and Fulham smashed them, and then Bournemouth smashed them. But they seem still seem to be up in like sixth place, don't they? Or they, or they were before the the Bournemouth game, but they look absolutely terrible. Uh, yeah, Bournemouth look good. You can see why they're top and unbeaten, but I think it will be down to us too. Hopefully, we can we can actually uh, catch up with them at some point. I think we will. But uh, as long as the gap starts to close, it'll be all right. But they do look good, yeah.
1: Do, do you think the the gap in class between Fulham and Bournemouth, having seen them both now, is is that wide, or are they just very similar?
2: I think I think Fulham on their day, definitely the squad they have this season, and Marco Silva definitely definitely could beat Bournemouth. I think Bournemouth do look quite consistent because, well, we we know how Scott played; he played quite played the same way for most of the season, didn't he? Really, and. Mm. He did throughout the championship, so I think maybe Bournemouth will be more consistent with it. But I saw something today, and it was comparing the two results, like uh, in the same teams that Bournemouth and Fulham have played. And Bournemouth they grind out one nils and, and two ones, uh, but the games we've won, we might have lost one nil to Blackpool, but then we go win five one the next week, or you know, you know, what I mean, we do seem on our day we seem to be better, but it's just about consistency. I think we are starting to get that; it just takes a while. Yeah, we have been recently.
1: Well, Dom, before we go into Saturday's game, let's let's get your thoughts on how things have been going since we last spoke. It's been a big few results for us since the last international break, hasn't it? Plus, we've seen the dramatic return of Tom Kearney to the side, plus Kenny Tete too.
0: Yeah, I mean, as, as weeks go, for a Fulham fan, it doesn't get much better than that, does it? Um, I remember the, the, the last show I was on, um, it, we were still kind of kind of inconsistent, and we were all looking to see if we could actually. Know, string a run of games together and show exactly what we what we can do and i think I think this this week has proved that because yeah, you know, no one can claim we were at our best really against Forest especially, but you know turn, turn, turn them over in the end. so yeah, it, it's good to see that we're winning games even when we're not at our best because uh, before before this week, when we weren't at our best, we generally got beat, um which which was a bit of a worrying trend. Um, but three wins in a row and everything everything's looking rosy and and you know two clean sheets in a row as well is really important as well. So it's good to see that that we we we've stopped shipping goals, but we're still still scoring as many as we were before. So yeah, it's It's, good. it's going brilliantly. Couldn't really ask for more from the last week.
2: Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, the thing is, we saw at first the individual performances, and we saw like you know. We saw everyone was good by themselves. And I think now it's about developing as a unit and over the last few games we have actually seen that. Um I, and like you say, Kearney coming back in. Uh, that was really great when he scored his goal, wasn't it? And he looked I, I don't think he looked as good as he as he did the game before, but he still looked still looked pretty good, I thought, the other day. And I don't see why he can't play in that deeper position. I think we all or a lot of people had said maybe he will move to a deeper position later on in his career because he, he had always played in like the attacking midfield role, but he seemed to play more alongside Seri. And fine, you know, when you get older, a bit less mobile, you look at maybe passing more than anything, and we know he has that and he controls the game. He always has controlled the game, slowed it down, speed it up. That's what he can do. And him and Seri as a partnership. I don't see why it can't work. And then we've also still got Reed available. If Carvalho, I mean, I know he's a tack fielder, but we, we have so many midfielders. We have and as well from Watford. There's so many options. And I just think having Kearney back only strengthens that really.
0: Yeah. I I've got to say I was I was surprised. A that he started after, you know, 10 months out, played 45 minutes, um, and then he played the full ninety. I was surprised by that. And I was also surprised it, it did on paper, it looked a little bit unbalanced that lineup against Forest. Um just because we had so much attacking talent, and there was no there was no one in that midfield who was the kind of athletic ball winner that that kind that type of player that we thought we we thought we needed. Um, I thought we needed anyway. But um, it'll be interesting to see. I, I can't imagine he starts every game. Um, but that that goal coming back after twelve minutes, it, it's up there. It's up there with with our great moments since we I think since we got relegated from the Premier League the first time. To be honest you know it's not it's not quite obviously a doy header or scoring at wembley level but just to see that go in just fantastic moment and if he's back and if he's fit and if he can show what he's shown in the past in the championship then then this squad is unbelievable <laughs> that midfield you mentioned the players you mentioned who've got who didn't play obviously chalaba uh, josh onoma reed even Keener, who we haven't seen much of just the the talent we've got if it, if it all clicks then then I, I can see us overturning Bournemouth.
1: Yeah, I can too. Uh, I wanna just have a little bit of a moan about fucking twelve thirty kickoff times on Saturday lunchtime. Absolute pain in the arse. This is our third in five games after the Coventry and QPR one. Then the bloody arseholes at Sky have put on the, the Preston game, Preston away at twelve thirty. Unless you drive, it's impossible to go to. Just absolutely ridiculous. And now the Bournemouth game's been pulled back to Friday night. Just fuck off away from our fixtures and let's have a couple of Saturdays at three o'clock, will you? For God's sake. Come on, you with me, lads?
2: Yeah, definitely. Good. Right, cheers then. Yeah. Man. I yeah.
0: think I think I think even at <laughs> good input there. At home. Even at home they're a pain in the arse, aren't they? But the away yeah. ones are just just stupid. But the flip side of the argument, I suppose, is that's what happens when you're doing well. And if we want to do well in the league, we'll, we'll have our games moved more often than not because you know Sky want the want the informed teams on on the box. So you know, if if we were playing every every week at three o'clock, it probably mean we were twelfth or thirteenth and not doing well. So you know, weighing it up it, with, with you know, if, if that's if that's the alternative, then I'm I'm glad I'll, I'll, I'll take it to be honest.
1: It was fine last season when everyone was at home. It was nice to have something to look forward to later on a Saturday night or something when there's absolutely <laughs> nothing going on. But it's just a pain in the ass when you've got to go. And like I've said on here loads of times, I live in Reading and the, the M4 has got roadworks going on because they're turning it into a smart where They've been doing it for years. Every weekend, there's a junction close on the M4, which means getting up to London by car. It's just a, a real pain in the ass. So for a 12.30 kickoff, it's like really, I've got to go on the train, and then if I go on the train, I've got to have a beer, and then I'm having a having a couple of beers in the <laughs> middle of the day. That's that's Saturday over. <laughs> breakfast, gotta
0: skip breakfast if you're starting that early, mate.
1: Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, well, Saturday's not only a big game on its own, is it? It's another huge week for Fulham. Firstly, West Brom, then Blackburn midweek next week, and then Peterborough away the following Saturday. We've just got to keep winning at this point to tread water and keep in touch with the other sides around us doing the same, haven't we? I mean. Obviously, this is against West Brom, but you'd you'd fancy another another win for Bournemouth at Reading on Saturday night, wouldn't you? So it's it's difficult to see where Bournemouth are going to drop points at the moment.
2: Yeah, I, I think we've just got to hope that um, they do slip up, they have a little rough patch somewhere, or they end up drawing a few nil nils, and we're getting a few wins, and that closes the gap. Um, but but like you say, is is a big week. We got to f- got to remember that West Brom are only a point behind us. We can't just you know if they win then that's a, a big jump and yeah we've just got to be careful i think not get too carried away you know three games in a week it's it's a lot of games and but like i said earlier when i mentioned all the midfielders we've also got that in attack and in defence we've so many options to rotate and and that's one of the big advantages of the championship it's not just about the class you have because you can't be having players playing three times a week it's about having two yeah. or or three players who can fill that role in that system that you want, I think we have that. But like you say, it's a big week, and we can't afford to drop many points, if any.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I, I, I fancy nine points from those three games, Dom. The,
0: w- the the way we're playing, the amount of goals we're scoring, it's difficult to look past that, isn't it? Um, I, I feel I feel we don't need to worry too much about Bournemouth just yet. It's obviously a long way to go. They will they will start losing games. Uh, it's inevitable because you you just you can't win every game in this league, um, but this this game is more important I think this game against West Brom than anything Bournemouth do because yeah they go ahead of us they've got some momentum everyone's talking about Bournemouth and Fulham West Brom are still in there as well and they haven't got they're sort of going under the radar a bit I think um, so to put four points on them at this point will be really will be really important um, but then. You know, if we win three in a row, then that means we've got we've got six in a row and we can't go on winning, surely. So if we were to drop points in any of the games, I think it would prefer prefer it to be any of the ones after West Brom, to be honest, because beating them will, will be really important.
1: Let's come on to West Brom then. They're sat just behind us in the table with eight wins from 14 games and they've lost just two so far. Valeri and Ishmael took over from Big Sam Allardyce following the Baggies relegation from the Premier League in the summer. I've noticed some Baggies fans aren't particularly loving his style of football, but it was very effective for Barnsley when he was with them last season as they went on an incredible run in the second half of the season that took him to the playoffs. They only just lost to Swansea in the semi-final of the playoffs as well. What have you guys made of West Brom so far this season and do you think that they will push us again for promotion?
2: Yeah, I think they will. I mean like you say, Ismail's an excellent manager, especially for the championship and especially what he did with Barnsley. I mean, we know Barnsley's squad was definitely not I mean it's a good squad, but it's not playoff contender, is it really? Um but the thing is I, I do think West Brom's squad is very it's a very good championship squad, but I don't know if it's quite a, a bad Premier League squad. Like I think if you if you look at Fulham and Bournemouth, we have a some of our squad's very good championship and some of its bad Premier League. I think West Brom just have good championship. I know they signed Alex uh, Moa. I think that's how you say it, from Barnsley. He came with Ishmael and he's excellent. He's a really good championship player but I just couldn't see him playing in midfield in the Premier League. I mean, maybe he can but I think there's a lot of players. Carlon Grant, he's, he's proved he can do it. He did it with Huddersfield but he was shocking in the Premier League. He wasn't just bad, he was shocking and I just think that they will push for promotion. I mean, we can see that. They're only one point behind us but I just don't know if they've got that Premier League edge that us and Bournemouth may have so I think they're a good side but just maybe not our class do you think that we
1: have yeah, got a Premier League class do you think we have what's different all of a sudden I, I think we have
2: I think we have some players I, I mean I think if, if Mitch like if you you've got to look at the players that could fit into an average Prem side that's what I think I think Mitrovic could fit into an average Prem side I think Seri could fit into an average Prem side I think Tosin could fit into an average Prem side. I think Tete could fit into a good Prem side, to be honest. Mm. Uh, I think it's a, a few players that could do it in with good Harry players Wilson. around them. Harry Wilson, yeah, exactly. Uh, I just think it's about that little edge. It's, it's the fine margins, isn't it? And you can't say it until they've been in the Premier League. But, yeah.
1: Somebody was saying in our team chat the other day about Seri and his contract being up at the end of the season. and it being a reasonable debate as to whether or not we renew his contract because he's he's getting on a bit. You know, it's, it's three or four years now we, we've had him for. Um, and, you know, this is this is the one good season we've had out of him. But if we got rid of him, having got a really good season out of him at championship level, then it's just doing everything that we've done wrong in the past, dismantling a successful squad. I, if we go up this season, I'd want to see that squad kept together, make incremental changes, here and there, bringing some real quality rather than just big bang approach. Um, and I know we tried last season very briefly, didn't we, to to keep the same squad together that, that went up. But that squad was below par. I, I do think we're in a better shape now. Um, obviously, we've got to get up first. But, you know, maybe maybe three or four players in, but keep the crux of that squad together. And I I'd hope, I really hope, with a, with a good manager like Marco Silva, things will be slightly different this time.
0: I, I agree with that, um, Seri, It's not really a debate, is it? Let's let's be honest. I mean, if he carries on playing the way he's playing, we get promoted. I, th- I'm, I'm, I think I'm right in saying he's got an extension, an, an option. Uh, we've got an option on him um, for another year, but then after that, that maybe the question will be next summer. But um, at this point, he's sort of he's old enough that he's lost his sell on value. Really, yeah. we wouldn't yeah. get a lot of money for him. And it's we would get value out of him playing for us. I think at this point, so it's not really for me. That's not really a debate. Um, and I, I completely agree with you. We've got to have some consistency. And I think the squad we've got, even even though some of them are not Premier League standard as we saw before, we've got players who are, who have played together for a number of years now. So there's there's a kind of there's a spine that's 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 in this team that we haven't had before with endless loans and endless replacement players. Uh, we don't have a squad filled up for loans this year. And I think that could be a big difference if if we do go up. Um, I think it will probably be a difference. Our squad will be a difference this season, in fact, because as as Will said, West Brom don't have as many good players as we have. And I think over 46 games, you'll see, you'll kind of see that. we can We can bring in almost as good replacements, good replacements that could fit in pretty much any other team in the league whereas West Brom can't do that so I think in the long run we're we're in a good place and I think we'll start to we'll start to pull away from them but yeah we've, we've got to we've got to at least not lose to them
1: yeah yeah I agree well we did of course beat them in the Premier League last season when Olaina scored a magnificent goal at the cottage but then somehow didn't bury them at the Hawthorns in one of the most one-sided first halves I've ever seen from a Fulham side in the Premier League. We should have been so out of sight at half-time and then just after half-time find ourselves behind and Super Ivan Cavallero scored a diving header quite late on, didn't he, at the back post to to rescue a point. It's just mad how we didn't win that game. But um, It's usually a, a closely run game between Fulham and West Brom. Two seasons ago in the Championship in front of the fans, we ended up drawing at the cottage when both sides were quite near the top of the table. Marcus Bestinelli dropped the dropped the corner and semi Ajayi equalised right at the end. How do you see this one going?
2: I, I think it's gonna be close again, definitely. Um West Brom have always played like, you know, proper championship football. Just hoof and battle for it, really. And that that's how Ishmael plays I'm pretty sure. Um if you look at their possession in the game that they've lost against Swansea, um, they had thirty three percent possession. So it's just little stats like that where you know, it might be a more patient game maybe, but we'll have to see. Um but I think it's gonna be good. both sides are both sides have good quality, of course. But I think it's not it's not gonna be a four nil. Definitely not. I'd say maybe maybe one nil or two two one. one nah, nah. I'll say I'll say one nil Fulham because I, I think it's gonna be both defenses are gonna be have to be on top form, but also we're just gonna to have to be patient with how we play, I think.
1: I think it was Wigo that said after the Forest game the other day on on the podcast that because Steve Cooper said, "Well, that wasn't a four nil game," and Wigo went, "Well, if it weren't a four nil game, it was definitely a three nil game. <laughs> Massive difference." <laughs> <laughs> quality insight, anyway. quality insight from us as always,
0: <laughs> as you'd expect. Yeah, especially uh, especially yeah, uh, the state some of you were in after that. <laughs> well,
1: you know, we're on our holidays, mate. Suppose you can
0: remember it, mate.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How do you see it going, mate? Um, I
0: think I think we're we're good enough to win it. I think we should win it. Historically, that kind of football that Will's just described uh, has caused us issues in this league in the past. We we do tend to get unstuck against those those teams who kick us up in the air. But I think we've got I think we've got a bit of a bit, of, we're a bit more streetwise now in this league. We've 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 done it, you know, twice before. Um, you can see from from some of our tactics, we're not afraid to do some do some dirty stuff, like our like our corner routine. You know, we've got that that blocking thing going on. We're not afraid to kind of bend the rules a little bit, um, which is good to see. And I think that will that will stand us in good stead against the sort of team we like to like to kick you in the air. Um, I don't think I don't think that's quite fair because West Brom are scoring goals uh, and they look solid at the back. Um, I don't see only one goal in it though. I, I think I think there might be might be three or four. Hopefully, most of us, most of them go our way. Um, I wouldn't be surprised with a three-one to be honest because I think I think we are better than them um, and it's about time we showed it against one of the better teams in the league as well because that's the other thing we've been saying for a while now. We It'll be interesting when we come up against Bournemouth or against West Brom, because the rest of the league, really, let's face it, doesn't look up to much. Uh, and these these are the big three, so um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we do against one of the better teams. But we we should we should turn them over.
1: It's interesting, actually, that earlier in the season when I first watched West Brom and I saw their throwing routine, which was causing all sorts of havoc, Darnell Furlong. Lobbing the ball in from miles out, much the same as Dave Challoner used to do for Tranmere, and uh, and Rory Delap used to do for Stoke. He used to cause us all sorts of problems, and I thought it would cause us a lot of problems this year, and I was I was concerned. But then I watched us against Birmingham, and Birmingham just put cross after cross after cross into the box, and we and, and Tosin just dealt with everything. It just really surprised me. I know I've moaned about this a lot, and I keep bringing up the Coventry game, but. Just I can't. I still can't get my head around why Marco Silva left out Tosin and, um, and and Seri that day. It was just a really bizarre decision. But I think Tosin's going to be key for us in this game when it comes to those throws for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean he's been he's been absolutely fantastic, hasn't he? Um, perhaps a little bit shaky right at the start of the season, but that that combination with with Tim Ream, I keep coming on the pod and saying it. I think I'm surprised Tim Ream keeps starting every game, but. When you see the, the the competition, you can understand that these are a clear the clear best two centre backs we've got of the team. Tossin is wins the ball, strong, composed, and then Tim Ream mops up really well, and he can start start the play from the back with with his passing ability. They're a really great combination, um, and that kind of you know tall guy, short guy, as we've seen in the past, works really well and and yeah they're they're looking really, really calm, even with you know one or two inconsistent left back and probably our clearly our second best right back playing um I think we'll only go up a level when when Tete comes back um kind of and and they're starting games again
1: The hallmark of a great side is not only having a a decent striker or a decent strike partnership and a decent keeper but having a decent sense about partnership. So you don't tinker with that, which is why I was so surprised when he when he did change that um, that back four when he didn't have to um, put um, and put Alfie Mawson in against Coventry. I think, um, you know, it's a myth that, you know, Tim Ream is a, a fit athlete and, you know, three games a week, all right. It's probably not as easy as it used to be. And it's going to, his recovery time is going to be more, but, this season, he's, he's been an absolute colossus at the back. He's been he's been outstanding. And, all right, he got injured against mm, Hull, I'm going to say, earlier in the season when he, he had that uh, that awkward like, awkward fall on his back. But otherwise, he's, he's been absolutely outstanding. And I just wouldn't leave him out unless he's injured. Don't bother. He can, can rest in the summer. You sleep when you're dead, don't you?
2: No, that's true. And like you say, you don't want to mess with a centre-back partnership. They've both been doing well this season. And... Yeah, I, I mean, it's exactly what you say. There's no reason why why you should, but I, I do think Silva's starting to get his favoured squad now. I think he's starting to realise he hasn't tampered with it much since the disaster at Coventry. I, I mean, I think he realised that he was probably wrong there. That's why he's kept everyone pretty much the same. You know, Kenny's coming, but Wilson started pretty much every game when when he has he has been able to. mitchevich literally has not been dropped at all. I think he's starting to realise that this is a good squad and if we carry on playing the same players in the way we are, we'll be all right. Fitness shouldn't be too bad as long as we keep going, really.
0: Yeah. It's it's that kind of it's that thing, isn't it, that we will need to use our squad because there's there's more weeks where we've got three games in a week, but you kind of look at it, you think the centre back pairing is probably the last one you want to rotate. As you said, if only really if there's an injury. Uh, and as we Mm -hmm. saw it didn't work well when we when we messed with it so unless either of those is is unfit keep it as it is and (laughs) remind yearly reminders well tossing cost us what two three million Mm. that's that's looking looks like to me one of the best pieces of business we've we've ever done in the transfer market because if we don't go up he'll probably go if we go up i imagine he would stay but it's going to be difficult to keep hold of him if he keeps improving the way he is uh, because he's he's certainly a premier league standard player um and he's getting better every week
1: just really quickly coming back onto tim ream again as well what what is he now 33 34 i don't know i haven't bothered looking it up but he's 34. you know yeah 34 so at his age he's not going to have loads of years left certainly not at, at this level and having missed the whole of last season just because we were in the Premier League and we had, you know, arguably better options in that position, I bet if you asked him, do you need a rest? To him, he said, I want to play every game possible. Yeah,
0: I mean, he he so- was still until recently still playing for the States every game as well. And I think in the yeah. last the last break he he didn't. Um, and I, I would I would actually quite like to see him retire from international duty because he's got he's got a bit more to give us. Obviously, that's his call. He likes playing for America. But um, you see that at, at players around his age, you see it quite a lot where they don't play international football anymore. So they can they can focus on club football. And I think he's at that point where he should do that.
1: Yeah, I think um, if we go up again this season and he plays the majority of the games, I think I know it's, it's easy to kind of just say someone's a club legend, but three promotions from from one player. I think, you know, he, there's a shout for him, there's a shout for Mitrovic, already a shout for Kearney because of the Wembley goal as well. But, you know, these these players, it's a shame Johansson and McDonald aren't around anymore as well because, you know, if they were here, they, they'd, they'd be in the same bracket as well for me. But anyway, let, let's move on from Tim Ream. Let's let's come on to the team for Saturday then. Does Kenny Tete start for you guys or Dennis adoy at right back? Who would you put
2: out? I I just thought adoy was pretty good against Forrest, but... Um... I still think Tete's, Tete is way better than Adoy. I mean, of course he is. But if we don't want to risk the fitness, and obviously, like we've said, like, multiple times, three games a week, three games a week, if, um, if doy should start this one and Tete can come in for the other two, then do that instead of maybe doing Tete, Adoy Tete, because that's just messing it around in the middle. If doy needs to start, get Tete in for the next two, do that. There's no need to rush Tete. Odoi is good enough for the championship. It's either or, isn't it? It really depends on how Tete is on the day.
1: And who he's who you going to partner with, Seri, Kenny or Reed?
2: Ah, Kenny, Kenny, yeah. yeah. go for it. Because it, ah, really? I mean, Reed, well, Reed's great, obviously, but I guess Kearney is a bit more attacking. And I don't know if against West Brom we need as much defensive cover because I think we're going to have a lot of the ball. And obviously Kearney and Seri are probably the two best midfielders in the championship for holding on to the ball, to be honest with you. So it, yeah, Kearney and Seri. If if fitness is a problem again, like I say, Reed is one of the best choices in the championship by a long way as well. So we'll be all right.
1: I just I just hope we're not I hope Kearney's not gonna dine out on the nostalgia of that Cardiff goal <laughs> for too long and I hope his performances yeah, yeah. keep him in the team rather than the fact that ah oh, Kearney's back. Because Harrison yeah. Reed is, as you say, one of the best midfielders in the Championship. And at the moment, I mean, he was sat on the bench for Forrest. And I love the interview that Kearney gave to the Fulham website the other day. Very passionate, talking about my club and Fulham and all this. But, you know, he's got to be putting in the performances. And his performance against Forrest was, was good, not outstanding. Um, but as I said a few weeks ago, if we can get Tom Kearney back to the level where he was in 16 17 and 17 18 then fantastic he's one of the first names on the team sheet how about you dom who who would you play
0: yeah i think in midfield i'd go i'd go with reed for this one um i get i get Will's point where, that we probably will see a lot of the ball when they they are the two best ball, ball players in the team but i just want to see i'd i'd worry about Kearney getting kicked um and uh, certainly he <laughs> I saw his uh, his comment on Twitter he said he, he couldn't see for the last fifteen minutes of the game against Forrest because he was so so out like blowing out of his arse so much. But um mm. I, I'd I wouldn't want to, for him to keep playing ninety minutes every week at the moment. Uh we've got more than enough cover in that midfield and loads of competition and I think I think it's a good game for Reed, this one. Um, you know, even Josh Oner or or could could fill in uh for a bit more you know they've they've got along with Reed they've got quite a lot of bite uh Kenny is isn't that type of player um so I'd probably put Reed in uh and Kenny Tete I'd, I'd pro- I would think I'd start him he hasn't been out for know, what was it six weeks something like that maybe a mu- maybe two months um I- I'd start him because given that Tom Kenny was able to start and play 90 minutes after his, after his return, I think, um, I think we need our best players. Um, Adoy's, Adoy's done a decent job, but there's, there's no competition between the two of those. Um, and it'd be great to see a bit more of an attacking threat down the, down the right flank now.
1: There was an argument the other day that one of the lads made about uh, having Dennis Adoy in to counter the long throw and having his aerial ability in defence rather Rather than Kenny Tete's um, ability to go forward, don't know. I think it is. It is an argument, and it's one that I, I haven't really got my head around yet. I don't know who I'd pick, and I wouldn't want to be the one to have to make that choice at the moment.
2: The thing is, for me, I still think Tete is an excellent defender. It yeah. maybe even better than Adoy, and he's definitely better than Adoy going forward. So, if Tete's fit enough, definitely get him in the team. Definitely. But, I mean, like I say, if not, Adoye's good. He is. He's done it. Well, he's played in the Prem. Probably not done it in the Prem, I wouldn't say, but he's played in the Prem. and He's, got <laughs> he's a done, lot some, of, done something yeah. in the Prem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And obviously, he's had so much experience in the Championship. He knows the squad well. Obviously, Silva trusts him enough because well, he's been the first choice since Tete's been out by a mile. No one else has even had a chance, really. There is no one else So there. Is there? What, Christy? Yeah. <laughs> like I Just said there is no <laughs> oh, uh, still. think
1: so Christie has really been hard, trying to actually.
2: get out of the club
0: for about three years and still hasn't managed it
2: <laughs> but yeah no. e- either a doy will, will do if we have to
1: alright lads well a win for Fulham will put us four points clear of West Brom and two, po- two points behind Bournemouth who don't play until Saturday night at Reading what's your score prediction Will I'll come to you first
2: yeah, like, like I said earlier, I don't think it's going to be a, a very high-scoring game. I mean, it could be, but I, I just think a one-nil will. I think one-nil will be uh, efficient enough, get the job done. Um, yeah, whatever. See you next week.
1: Nice. How about for you, Dom?
0: Yeah, two, two of the three teams with the highest goal difference in the league. I'd be surprised if it was one-nil, um, but you know it could be. <laughs> I, uh, I I, think I'm going for 3-1 I just I think they've got enough about them to score a goal but our quality it should shine through um, the only team I'd really be concerned about facing at the moment is, is Bournemouth and that's mainly because of the kind of Scott Parker effect they're the team I, I just don't want us to lose to um, every other team I think we're better quite simply so uh, let's go let's go 3-1
1: I know we're not previewing the Bournemouth game here, but I just want to say that when it comes to that Bournemouth game, there's going to be a lot of players in the Fulham squad who have got a point to prove against uh-huh. their ex-manager. And I think you'll see the Fulham players step up a gear in that game. But we'll talk about that nearer the time. Um, will,
2: where can people find you on social media if they want to give you some stick, mate? Um, please don't. But uh, my Twitter is willoakley0, the um, and my Instagram is will. oakley 3 lovely stuff dom what about you
0: yeah on twitter it's uh, at matt dom underscore
1: very nice too and as i don't I said, have any, rec- any other socials <laughs> fair enough fair enough as i said recently i am matt b full and focus on instagram if you want to see pictures of us lot from full and focus having fun at the football or pictures of my dogs then come over and say hello the official full and focus pages are at full focus on instagram or at full underscore focus on twitter And please subscribe to the podcast wherever you usually get your podcast from if you don't already do so. All right, guys, that's your lot. Cheers, Dom. Cheers, Will. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back on Monday morning to go back over the game. See you at the cottage.
2: Cheers.